0: In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about time tracking. Is it good? Is it bad? And is it the right thing to do with your staff, whether they are remote or in your office, um, in your hometown? That is what we're going to be talking about today. And having done this for about six or so years now and tried lots of different techniques and ideas and listened to many other people's opinions on this subject, I feel I have something of value to share. And, And yeah, I'm going to say nothing more and I'll see you in the episode. Okay, so I want to talk today about time tracking. That is monitoring the amount of time your staff are at work. How granular do you go? Do you go into the detail of every single click they make on their keyboard or every task they do? Or is it more on a shift basis or a project basis? Or is it actually just sort of how long they're logged in and logged out? Or is it actually nothing at all? There is... It's a grey area. There is... There is any incarnation, any different number of ways you could track people's time. And today I want to talk about stuff that I've tried, that's worked, that's not worked, and what I believe is the right uh, sort of tracking and why you should or shouldn't be doing it. That's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're on the fence about doing this or you're already doing it and you're wondering if it's worthwhile or if it's maybe harming your staff's trust in you as a business owner, as a business, then listen in because this is what we're going to be talking about today. So first off, before I go into the reasons why, I'm going to talk about the reasons why not. And these come from a lot of beliefs that people hold about time tracking. There is a belief about not tracking people's time because you don't want to uh, lose a loss of trust, that you want to actually believe people when they say they're doing work and therefore you want to just let them get on with it and focus on the productivity, focus on the results rather than the amount of time spent to get there. And that's all good and well. But in the early days, especially for myself, and when I speak to a lot of our, our clients, is when people are doing so many different things, you're sort of throwing things at them left, right, and center, and there's no real structure or there's no real clearly defined goals in their role because they are sort of a jack of all trades helping you out. It's very hard to actually focus on productivity and goals because their job description or their role or their what they're doing each day just changes so quickly that there's no way of measuring the productivity based on outcome because it's not repetitive work. It's not work that you, you're you aware of what the norm is and therefore you can then judge them on how much they're producing at the end. So it's all good and well saying, yeah, focus on productivity, focus on output, but sometimes that's just not practical. So um, the other problems with why you shouldn't or the other reasons why you shouldn't is you know it's it's an effort for you to have to go and check. Like if you track someone's time, you're gonna to have to do something with that. There's no point in tracking someone's time and then not looking at it. And what's the point in tracking it? The only point of the tracking it in that case would be if something came up in the future and you were thinking they were taking the mic, then you could go back and check the check it then. So it could be that sort of having that evidence there in the future to go back to. Fair enough but it's sort of, it's you're creating work, you're creating cost, whether it's in their time spent tracking or the software you're using to track or the cost of you actually checking from that from time to time. So there's always costs involved in anything you do in business. And if you're not going to do anything with it, then I wouldn't say, do, I wouldn't bother doing it. Um, and I said about lack of trust from not people not getting on with stuff, but also about micromanaging. You can be seen as a micromanager if you're tracking what everyone does every single day. And that's a lot of the reasons people don't do it. But with all those said, I strongly believe there is a massively strong case for tracking people's time. I've done it since the early days of hiring my first virtual assistant. And it's more of a way of paying them for the work they were doing. I was hiring people on an ad hoc basis, often on just, you know, an hourly rate. And I'd be interested in saying, well, what have you worked on for this hour? And so they'd let me know, you know, the different tasks that they've been doing. And therefore, I'd then at the end of it know what I needed to pay them. So it started like that for me. And it grew into even when I took on my first full-time staff, I still asked them to track their time. They were getting paid on an hourly rate, which sort of um, made it easier for me to, again, pay them what they were actually due, because I could see they'd work for X number of hours, whether it was 35 one week or 42 the next week. And they then got paid for the work they did. But then when we started growing the company and getting more people in, regardless of if they were on a salary or if they were on a hourly rate, or if they're on a part-time or a full-time basis we still track time. And there's some really good reasons why I think you should too. Now, how you track the time is a subject I'm going to talk about in a second. But the why you should track the time is a really important thing that I want to talk about today. Because if you understand the why, then you'll bother doing the how. So let's talk about the why. first. So good versus bad. I've got some notes here, which I'm going to go through um, to make sure I don't forget anything. So First one is good versus bad. And what I mean by this is if you've got good staff who are proud of the work they're doing, who are efficient, who actually get stuff done quickly and produce a lot of work in any given time, then it's probably fair to say they probably won't mind if you're tracking their time because they're going to be actually, you know, proud at the amount of work they manage to produce uh, in the time that you've given them to do it. The, uh, The flip side of that is you might get pushback of your staff who are really dragging things out. Who are basically, you know, sitting around twiddling their thumbs, checking their Facebook, not really doing much work, and then expecting to get a decent wage at the end of it. And if you put those side by side, you suddenly have evidence to say that the 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 not so good staff member is actually not performing anything like as good as the good staff member. And now you've got evidence to show that. So, it's that's a, a reason why, as in, your good staff will will come and say, yeah, yeah, that's fine, I don't mind that. And the bad staff will be sort of hiding away say no I don't want to do that and push back on it and so it can actually identify those people but also then you have evidence to actually say you need to up your game or you're out because actually you're not performing at the level I want to so that's the first thing the second thing is what you measure you can improve or what you measure will actually just almost improve by itself in the nature that you're just aware of it and your subconscious brain will work towards actually bettering it even if you're not doing it consciously and so one of the things that we do is we want to identify the time-consuming work. It's not to say that that work is being done slowly or fast. It's not about. It can be about persons, um, personal productivity and efficiency, but it can just be about the nature of the work. If I can see that you know, a particular task is taking a huge chunk of someone's time, I can make a decision, or they can make a decision with me. Do we automate that? Do we eliminate it completely, or do we try and streamline streamline it to improve it? And this is part of our sharpen process, one of our the six step from our six step outsourcing process It's about sharpening tasks. So, but if we weren't, if we didn't have any evidence or the any the data to say this is how long it roughly takes to do this, then we wouldn't know if our efforts of process improvement were actually making a difference in improving things or not. I mean, you can you can guess and you can say, yeah, it seems to be taking a bit less time. But when you can quantify it, it becomes really compelling to actually either do more of that process improvement or not. And if you can quantify something, you know, say, this is taking me ten hours a week, or one of my staff ten hours a week to do, and you can't really see the value of it. It's you know just doing it for the sake of doing it. You can just cut it and get rid of it and eliminate it altogether. So really useful for uh, process improvement. Another reason. So I got nine reasons I'm going to go through. By the way, to um, so the estimated time that, or the average time it takes people to to do their work. So this is somebody in our in our example. So. Our staff all have task boards, and on their task board is all their recurring work, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, or periodic. And we, I ask them to periodically, typically every month, to have a look at the time it took them to complete all their tasks over the, the past month. Just work out averagely. It's not going to have to be accurate to the, to the minute, but you're going to get a rough idea. How long does it roughly take this person to do this? And what this allows you to do is to understand their capacity, if you know that somebody has six hours a day of recurring work, then it's probably unlikely they're going to be able to take any big projects because realistically it probably takes them a couple of hours of faffing around as well as so they're probably only got, they haven't got probably any capacity left. But if you know, on conversely, when you look at someone's time, uh, their, their task board and you see this person's only got a couple of hours of recurring work every single day, they've got a load of capacity, I can throw some more complicated stuff or maybe move some work off that six hour person onto the two hour person. So it allows you to workload balance between your team. It allows you to know the capacity of each individual member of your team and therefore be much more um efficient in how you actually delegate work and who you delegate it to and what your expectations are of that person being able to complete something new because if you know that somebody has you know four hours a day spare you'd expect them to get work pretty done pretty quickly if they've only got half an hour spare every day it may take them quite a lot longer and especially in getting into tasks and getting out of tasks and all the rest of it the the time drain and doing that it can take someone a lot lot longer so it can be really really helpful for for actually understanding capacity of your team, and then giving the work to the appropriate person or moving work off them, as I said. The other thing that's super useful about knowing how long stuff takes is when people are off sick or when they're going to go on holiday. When I know someone's gone on holiday, I need to get their core tasks covered by somebody else. So I need to know roughly how long that core, those core tasks work in order for me to then know who who I can give them to. And because I've got their capacity, as I know how long their work's taking, I know which of the new, which of the person who's going on holiday, which of those tasks they have the capacity to take on in that person's absence or when they're off sick. Same thing, uh, or if we're um, if planning for like sharing work or whatever, then I can actually balance things more easily. But I couldn't do that if I didn't know how long stuff t- stuff took to do. If it was just a guess, oh, it roughly takes me a few hours a day. People always underestimate how long stuff takes, so you can be left. Really uh, stuck, uh, sort of high, not high and dry. Caught out uh, when you when you give a task to somebody else, and then you realize it's taking them far far longer than you actually expected it to. So super super useful. Um, the other thing that we use it for is actually making sure that we have a record of everything that is being done. So often people do work that in the early days anyway, not so much now, thankfully, but in the other days, often people just do stuff because we asked them to do it. But they wouldn't really make a note of it on the task board or they wouldn't have any sort of official task template or operation manual for it. It would just be something they did. And that same task, though, could crop up again in the future, like time and time again. It could be a task that I've asked them to do regularly, but it's not actually filtered back onto their Taskboard, board, so I'm not actually seeing it in visibility on their task board, but I'm not seeing it appear on their time tracker, on their timesheet. And so by having a timesheet and tracking the people's time, I can ask them to actually go through and find tasks which they haven't put on their task board that aren't actually documented in the business, but we are doing regularly. So it allows us to create systems around stuff that we might otherwise miss. Again, you couldn't do that unless I was tracking on a task-by-test basis what people were doing. Um, it also allows us to assess the ability and the performance of new staff or, or existing staff moving into new roles. So when we've got a, a history, some data about how long the stuff usually takes, when we put someone new in that role, we can see very quickly if they're you know, thriving and, and, and doing well in that role, or if they're really struggling, or if they just maybe they just need a bit more time. But we can know that because we can we can see that as long as their time's improving, getting towards our norm, then um, it's acceptable acceptable to let them to continue a, a bit more. But if they're actually taking longer and longer over doing that task again. No, through evidence of the time tracker, I can then say, actually, this probably isn't the right role for this person. Maybe we should move them into something else or give them some more support so they do get up to speed. I wouldn't know that unless I tracked their time and I had a baseline to know where to go from. And that's from the time tracking I'd done previously. Next thing is that you just get some more feeling that you're getting value from your team. When you track what people do and you see the amount of work that they produce, it makes me think, wow, I've got an awesome team. It doesn't make me think, uh, look, what what on earth are these people doing? Because if if I do ever feel like that and I can evidence that now on my on, the, on their timesheet and I can say, you know, um, how come you took six hours over doing this thing? I took, thought you didn't take 10 minutes. But if I didn't have it documented, if I didn't say this is a specific things these these have been doing every day, I wouldn't know which thing to ask about. So there's an open question, why did your work take so long today? Why did you produce so little work? Whereas if I can say that, you know, task B, maybe it's posting something on Facebook and I can say, you know, how come it took you so long to do that this week? It normally doesn't take you anything like that long. And they can say, well, actually, I had X, Y and Z problems. And actually, we include that in our time tracking. I'll talk about this in a minute as well. But actually, um, by time tracking, it allows people to evidence why things may have taken longer as well. So then. As the business owner or the manager, you can actually say, "Okay, yeah, it's just a one-off. That just took three, or four times as long as usual because something terrible happened, and whatever. It's just you know one of those things. I don't have to question it. It's it's just there, and it's black and white, and it's easy for me. It takes away a lot of those awkward, awkward uh, conversations. So, like, yeah, contrary to what you may think, actually having the time tracker makes it easier to see when people are." Uh, underperform, but also when they're really performing very well or when it's just because one of those things. Um, The other thing is it's much easier to measure the time taken than it is to measure productivity and output, as I discussed before, for somebody, for a role which you haven't got a baseline of productivity for. If you know that on average a copywriter will write 500 words an hour, I don't know what it is, uh, but if it was, or, you know, your podcast uh, person would take Four hours to process your podcast for you, or your um, if you're doing uh, someone posting stuff it takes twenty minutes to create a new thumbnail for the post. If you've got evidence for this, then you can say, "I want you to produce ten of these, and therefore it should take you ten times the average." Then that's fine. You can actually measure productivity uh, based on the number of things, or the, the 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 amount of calls they make, or the things they actually do. Or if it's actually a case of you know you'll want. Quality over quantity. Then you know maybe that's it's not the time that's important. It's more about what they produce at the end. To a point. So, but those things are actually quite hard to measure when you're starting out in business. They're hard to measure. I mean, I say when I'm starting out in business, I've been going for six years and I still find those things hard to measure. So I have some examples now of stuff that I can do. I feel I have confidence to measure on productivity, but I also find it much easier just to know that roughly it takes this long to to do a task. I've done it so many times and therefore if it's taking four times as long it's probably something going wrong if it's taking half the time I'll even just check it as well to see a if they found a new cool way to do it and b or is it b that they're actually doing it wrong and actually not they've missed the point of it uh, and they're taking too short a time over it so there are so many reasons in my head why you should um uh you should do this and and you can also think about it we basically emulating what big businesses do. So you know, contrary to what you may think about some big businesses is many of them actually track their employees time to the minute. My staff works, my staff, my uh, wife, sorry, works. She's not my staff. My wife works for one of the big four accounting firms and she is forced to track her time every to the minute um, for every hour she works. That's because in her company, a lot of those hours are billed to clients. So however many minutes she works on a particular client, that client's gonna get billed. But it doesn't mean that she feels that she's you know, getting uh, micromanaged by the team. It's just part of her job. And I think that one of the challenges that some people have is that introducing this to an existing team is more challenging. Then like I did, like when I started uh, outsourcing uh, work to the Philippines, I actually, this was what I did. So people came to the company, they ex- that was just the way we worked. There was never a question. You, you either took the job or you didn't. There wasn't a a job without time tracking and a job with time tracking, you, had, you know, in my company. And you could choose. It was either do the time tracking or get a different job. And so the challenge, though, is when you have existing time, different staff, existing staff, which you haven't been tracking the time for, and then you want to introduce it. And it's so important to listen to this podcast all over again and make notes of the eight reasons why, and then present it to them in terms of why is this beneficial to them, in terms of knowing that, 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 that how much work they're managing produce, knowing about how much time they have, the capacity they have, sorry, knowing about being able to then help them and give them support where they need it, looking at optimization and the um, process of improvement, sorry, and process improvement of the work they do to make it more efficient about planning for their time off. All those things I've just said, if you go through and you present it in that way, as that is the case for doing it, then you're going to get so much buy-in Compared to if you just say, "I'm going to start tracking your time," because they're going to think that you don't believe what they're actually doing, or you don't actually trust them to do their work. So it's so important to get this right if you if you are introducing this to existing teams. And this is something that I help our clients do because of the the, the potential pushback and the potential upset it can cause if it's presented it wrongly. But as long as you listen to this podcast and you um you sort of go through those ideas and make a little bit of plan. shouldn't have any problems. Cool. So those are all the reasons why. For me, it's just there is a no-brainer. You need to track people's time. The question is how then for me. It's not why, it's not should I, it's how do I. And there are different ways and different levels of tracking you can do. And I alluded to this a little bit earlier in the podcast. So you can get super granular. You can literally have someone's screen being recorded through a series of snapshots every few minutes. So you can actually go through a library of photos throughout someone's working day and see what's on their screen. So therefore, you know, you can see, are they browsing on Facebook when they shouldn't be, or they're looking at cats playing pianos on uh, YouTube or whatever, you can spot that. You can also measure the number of clicks. So I use Upwork uh, for one of my staff members who I had through that site. And I use Upwork and they have this sort of system and it even measures their keystrokes on the keyboard and their mouse movements. So I can see the times of productivity that this person is is actually going through, like how much they're actually doing stuff on the keyboard. It does make it slightly challenging when the person's sort of reading uh, something or watching a video, for example, because it's like they're not going to be touching their keyboard and wiggling their mouse. So it's it's not all good like this stuff. You've got to be prepared to to. Uh, understand the data and, and talk about it. And it just can create a lot of work. You could say to somebody, what on earth have you done today? You know, you've got no, no, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, movement on your mouse or whatever, or clicks on your keyboard and no activity. So there's no activity monitored. Like, but yeah, you've charged me for six hours work. And then that, so that, that when you can put a huge amount of distrust into, the, into that scenario. And then they come back and say, well, yeah, I was watching that webinar you told me to watch. Do you not you know, believe me? Like, do you think I've cheated you? And suddenly you can actually cause more problems and it worse. And that is to back in the early day when I actually got into time tracking and we just we don't do it through, throughout. I was guilty of that I was guilty to blame first before questioning. So rather than saying, hey, just wondering, um, can I help you with this? It seems to be taking a little bit of time. If you come at it from that angle, rather than saying, why did it take you this long? A totally different response. Come with the trying to help. And if obviously it's not forthcoming, and they are, do, do, someone does look like they are taking the mic. Then fair enough, you can then ask them why. But come in with a belief that they aren't taking the mic, that they are doing the right thing, and um, and not the opposite. We sidetracked slightly, but back to the how. So you can use an app like that, like Upwork Hub, and there's lots of apps you can get like this. Um, Time Doctor, I think, does that as well. A Time Doctor app. I've never used that one, I'm afraid. Um, but there are other apps like Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. T-O-G-G-L and harvest, just like the word harvest. Uh, both of those allow you to track people's time and it'll basically start a clock when you click a button and it stops a clock when you unclick the button. Now we use Asana task management app and you can even link it to the task. So they just click the button on the task and then automatically captures the name of the task and puts it into their timesheet. And so if they work on the same task twice, it'll just keep on adding it to that. So that can be really quite helpful um, uh, to speed up the process. But, and this is the big but, I mentioned this before that I like if somebody if something has taken longer than expected, I like the person to be able to add a little note on there to be able to say why, because it sort of evidences the problems they've been having. It can make me, you know, if they keep on having issues with their with their laptop being slow or whatever, then I could consider buying them a new laptop. If they have problems with the internet, I could consider increasing their internet or see if they get a better internet package. Or if it's something that you know, anything else, we can help to improve people's work by knowing the, the problems they're having, as well as the times. So having evidence of that is quite useful. And if you use many of these apps, then you track your time, you click the button, it tracks your time. And then to actually then add a note, you've got to then open up the app, find that entry, click on click on here, like put the, it, it just adds faff to it. And people don't often do it. And the other problem is, if you forget to click stop, and then you go on to the next task and the next one, and then you come, oh, I forgot to click stop. Like you've got to then try and remember where you're up to with everything. Whereas if you, if you do it the way we do it, it's just more, it's more routine that you actually just basically write it onto a spreadsheet. So we use a spreadsheet. I'm not saying we're going to always do this. I think as we grow, we might go onto an app similar to Toggle um, and just have a really good training around it. And um, we have tried it in the Toggle in the past and it sort of, it didn't work so well uh, for the reasons I've just described. But so the way we have done it for years is just simply have a spreadsheet and you have a, you know, every task someone works on. They just basically put when they start and finish the tasks so at the time. At the end of it, we add up and see how they're, what their hourly, uh, how many hours they've worked. That's what I pay them for, and it allows you, as I said, to add a description about any problems, any notes uh, that are needed for that particular task as well. And it's super simple. It's free. It requires no technical expertise except for to be able to use a, a simple spreadsheet. Um, and for me, it's been incredibly useful. There's no exporting of data. There's no me logging into stuff and and or people not doing it right. It's just like it, it's simple. So that's one of the reasons I do it that way. And like, as I said, I'm not saying I'm always going to do it that, that way. As we grow, I might use an app because it would be easier uh, to manage. We got to about 14 staff at one point, and that was a bit of a pain um, having, doing it through spreadsheets. But it really it wasn't like, a game to, and it's just so simple. So don't over, don't overcomplicate something. I talk about it, it's like, don't use apps for the sake of using apps, unless there's a proven case for doing it. Cool. So that's about it. What if you do do this? If you do do this, I believe you will have improved systems. You will have better ability to give feedback to your staff. You'll be able to increase the efficiency of their work, their productivity. You'll be able to actually congratulate them and reward them for working hard. You'll be able to pick out your best staff very easily and promote those people. You'll be able to actually uh, assess new people coming in far, far easier and make a decision with far more objectivity than if you're actually relying on sort of gut feeling about whether someone is performing well. There are so many good reasons, and especially and probably none more important, that it gives me and it can give you more peace of mind about knowing that your work. The money you're paying people to do is actually doing good work and it's not getting wasted. And by tracking time, by being aware of the numbers, by using those numbers in the ways I've described in this podcast to improve people's workloads, uh, improve the efficiency of your team, then it can massively, massively help your business going forward. So that's it. I hope you've enjoyed today. If you have, please do like this uh, post or episode, depending where you're listening to it. Please do subscribe and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you very much.